0: What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. You don't know what that all is, Mr. Trash. I'd show you, but I'm too old. I'm too tired. I'm too fucking blind. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. We've said it once. We've said it before. We've said it a million times. The truth shall always set you free. This is Tim, the Mad Ramblings of a Gen Xer, bringing it live, bringing it fresh, bringing it funky. It's been a while. It's been a hiccup because of the fact that we've had some other projects that we've been working on, and we're getting back to doing the podcast because we we need to because I think it's important. I think it's important to have a voice. I think it's important to say things. I think it's important to get out there and speak your mind, and that's what I want to do today. And one of the first things I want to speak my mind about is artificial intelligence. Is it going to be a threat to humanity? And I laugh because you think about this for a minute and you think about chat GPT and you think about how people are using it and how people are trying to find a way to use it and how people are want to harness this power. And to me, I, I, um, I, I kind of wanted to understand a little bit more about it. So I signed up for a chat GPT account. I did some work on it. I tried doing some different things. I tried to have it writing, creative writing. I tried to have it write some HTML code. I've tried tried a bunch of other different things. And honestly, my my general assessment at the end was it's a glorified Google for lazy people. That's what it is. Because of the fact that you are looking for an answer, you're looking for a quick response. You are looking for something that's going to turn around and give you something that you should go and look for on yourself. And you're creating a crutch for a generation who already has a difficulty or difficult time being able to communicate and understand and function in society. And now you're making it easier for them justifying the answers when there's no ability to go and harness their own mind power and do things on their own. Now, the the big threat has always been, Will, you know, is there a possibility that it's Skynet, man? It's Skynet, man. Man, it's going to take us all down. It, this is not Conspiracy Theory Tuesday, but, you know, I always worry about Skynet coming in, artificial intelligence taking over the nuclear silos and, and, and sending out the, you know, the end of existence for humanity. Is it inconceivable? He didn't fall? Inconceivable. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Well, Jeffrey Hilton, a computer scientist who's also called the Godfather of Artificial Intelligence, says that it's not inconceivable that AI may develop to a point where it poses a threat to humanity. Now, this guy is called the the Godfather of Artificial Intelligence. He's a computer scientist. He sat down with CBS News last week and gave his predictions on the advancements of AI. And this is a guy who would know. He works for Google. He works for the University of Toronto. And he's sitting there and basically saying that the general purpose of AI is artificial intelligence was several intended and unattended processes, including speech recognition, answering questions and translations. Like I said, it's it's the Google for the lazy generation. And he says, until quite recently, I thought it was going to be 20 to 50 years before we would have to general purpose AI. Now I think it may be 20 years or less, he predicted. As specifically the chances of AI wiping out humanity, Hilton says it's not inconceivable. Inconceivable. You keep using the whore. I don't think it means what you think it means. And then he says, that's all I have to That's all I have to say about that. But you have to think about this. We live in a society right now where you have a generation And I'm talking Gen Y, probably two generations, I'm talking Gen Gen Y and Gen Z, who already have a difficult time communicating, already have a difficult time being able to speak just directly onto the phone, have a difficult time in social settings. I I laugh because I saw an article the other day about a woman who offers classes, and she evidently makes a lot of money, to Gen Y and Gen Z and reference on how to talk to the phone, how to talk to people on the phone, how to communicate effectively on the phone, how to communicate effectively in person. I should do this and make a million dollars. Because I'm always on the phone. I'm always talking to people in person. My wife gets embarrassed because she says I don't shut up, that I talk to every single person that I see. Well, not every single person, but I do I do like to chat quite extensively when I go out. I do talk to a lot of people. But there's a genera- generation that doesn't know how to communicate. There's a generation that probably doesn't know how to start a fire if needed to survive, unless they have their phone, unless they have their internet, unless they have Google or YouTube telling them how to do it. We're going to talk about YouTube as well. I want, to, I want to talk about Mr. Beast. I know that's a weird topic of conversation for this show, but not really. But I, I want to talk about Mr. Beast in a little bit, though. But this this is a generation that doesn't know how to do anything. There's no survival skills. There's no life skills. So if you ever reached a point where we're – do, do I think we'll ever reach a, a point where we will become so self-reliant on technology that it'll become more to a detriment to society itself directly? And I think that point is already right now. I think that's already happening. How many times have you seen the phone zombies, I like to call them? You go out to a bar, you go out to a restaurant, you see a, young, you see a table of young 20-something-year-olds, and they're sitting there, let's say there's four of them, and all four of them are on their phone. No one's communicating, no one's talking, no one's, no one's having the ability to hold a conversation. They're a, I swear to God, I think they're all texting each other. But this is the society that we move forward to. And then you have something like chat GPT. You have artificial intelligence that comes in and it says that to me, it's a part of control. You have this artificial intelligence. And right now, even though it's not, it's, it's, we are giving away self-control. It's not taking control from us. But right now we are willingly giving our control or our children's control over to these artificial intelligence, over to Google, over their phones. And this is how they're learning. I I grew up in the 80s and 90s. So when I had to do a research project, I couldn't go to Google. I would have to go to the library. I would have to go to the card catalog system, look it up by alphabet, either by topic or by author, then go to the stacks, find my book and sit down and read, or I would have to go out and get Webster's or the Encyclopedia Britannica and take a look like there and then find my answers and do my paper that way. Now, Hilton also says it's not, it was plausible, it, it says it was plausible for computers to eventually gain the ability to create ideas to improve themselves. That's when they all of a sudden become self aware. That's when it becomes Skynet, man. That's an issue, he says, right? We think hard about how you control that. How do you control something that becomes self aware? Now, I'm not sitting here telling you this is going to happen tomorrow. I'm not going to tell you, tell you that this is going to happen now. I'm just telling you that it's something that you need to worry about. Hilton also says, I think it's very reasonable for people to be worrying about these issues now, even though it's not going to happen in the next year or two. People should be thinking about those issues, about about self-awareness, about, about coming artificial intelligence basically coming over and taking over parts of society that allows other people to be even more lazy than they are now. And let's be honest, we have we have created a society of nannies. This is a nanny state. Or I should say, people that need nannies. It's a nanny state. We have to wipe people's noses. We have to we have to wipe people's asses because of the fact that they can't do it for themselves. And as it continues to grow in its popularity, it's going to become more and more dangerous. You even have OpenAI CEO Sam Altman say, We have to be careful here about his own company's creation earlier this month. He says, I think people should be happy. That we are a little, but we also need to be a little bit scared about this. This is the guy that's created this, is telling you you need to be a little bit scared about this. What should that tell you? But I worry, because like I said, we, we've reached a point where we don't, we don't think anymore. we reached a point in some, a certain parts of society where we don't react. We've reached, I, I always go back to the movie um, back in the 80s, 80s or 90s, Demolition Man with uh, Wesley Snipes and Sylvester Sloan where they created this dystopian or I should say utopian and to me it is dystopian but utopian society but you're not allowed to think and I'm not your bra that was evidently the wrong button (laughs) it was supposed to be I like to think But do I even have that sound effect hold on because I like to think I like to read I'm into freedom of speech and freedom of choice. I'm the kind of guy that like to sit in a greasy spoon and wonder, gee, should I have the T-bone steak or the jumbo rack of barbecue ribs with the side order of gravy fries? I want high cholesterol. I want to eat bacon and butter and buckets of cheese, okay? I want to smoke a Cuban cigar the size of Cincinnati in a non-smoking section. I want to run through the streets naked with green jello all over my body reading Playboy magazine. Why? Because I suddenly might feel the need to, okay, pal? I've seen the food. You know what it is? It's a 47-year-old virgin sitting around in his beige pajamas drinking a banana broccoli shake singing I'm an Oscar Mayer wiener. And in some ways, that's the way society is heading, especially with the fact with this self, like I said, this self-reliance on technology is, and it's not just here in the States, it's everywhere, that we're going to reach a point where we become so reliant on everything that we have no reliance on ourselves. And I think that's kind of where this, this is kind of where I'm, that's kind of where I'm going with, with, with all this. Um. My son is is of an age where he likes to watch YouTube, and he's he's big into watching YouTube videos. He's he's big into watching uh, this guy, Mr. Beast. Evidently, Mr. Beast has been around forever. Uh, he started doing videos back in 2012 when he was 13, and and now I think he is the uh, the third highest. Uh, I think he's the third highest uh, person in reference to having subscribers. Uh, his channel hit 130 million in January of 2023, which is the fourth most subscribers on the platform. Um, he's, a, he's a guy that's been doing YouTube and he's been doing YouTube for a while now. And he started out with doing gaming videos and then he kind of went into, you know, he went into other videos that, that then kind of morphed into like, I like to say mini TV episodes and, uh, he still does the gaming thing and he does a lot of other things. He owns the restaurant, Mr. Beast burgers and he, and he owns a, a candy bar line, um, you know, so he's he's kind of a he's kind of an entrepreneur. He's well, you know, he definitely is an entrepreneur. I I mean, this guy gets thirty million views at some you know on some of his videos. And and my son likes to watch his show. We've been, we've been to Mr. Beast Burger, and we've got you know we've we've eaten there. We've we've bought in the paraphernalia. You know, we've we've done we've done all that stuff. Uh, Feastables is the candy bar. Actually, it's candy bar. The the. Um, Caramel salted uh, candy bar he has is actually pretty good, right? I actually, I actually quite enjoy it. But there are certain people out there that I don't know if it's because of the fact that they uh, they disagree with him or, or they just don't like his success. But there are some people that call him or are, are, are basically calling him now the Antichrist. Because he does certain things, because he he makes – he donates things. And these are liberals that are basically freaking out on this kid. He's 24 years old. They call him the Antichrist. They call him demonic. Because he does things, he's very – he's a philanthropist. He likes to – you know he even has Mr. Beast Philanthropy. I can't ever say that word correctly. Uh, so he gives away a lot of the money. He actually – his very first – he even talks about his very first um, check that he got from a partner or sponsor was $10,000. He went down the street and gave it away. And this guy's name is Jimmy Donaldson. So – he he makes a lot of good feel good videos as well. And I I enjoy, like I, said, I enjoy watching him. I watch him. Uh, my son also watches uh, Ryan Trahan, Let's game it out and you know some of these other things that I watch with him because you know being a dad, you know, are trying to be a good dad. I, w- I want to see what my son's interested in. I want I want to try to be a part of it if I can. So we watch a lot of Mr. Beast's videos and some of the videos that are disturbing people is the fact that he had one video where he went and cured or or he went and. Um, uh he he did he paid for a surgery that had allowed a thousand blind people to see for the first time and it it was an it was a good video because of the fact that it it he really did something good i think because he he went to these people and some of these people had you know had basic or limited sight and he did this surgery he paid for the surgery and allowed them basically to see he had one kid who, you know, who was going to college, one of his dreams was being able to drive himself to college, get in a car, and he's, he had multiple of surgeries before, but it never worked, and when he had the surgery with Mr. Beast, he, they, the surgeon told the kid, you know, listen, there's a 50-50 chance this is going to work, you know, because of where you're at with your vision, and, then, you know, he still did the surgery, and he ended up being able to see, and then at the end of the video, you know, Mr. Beast gives the kid a Tesla. So a lot of people are saying that this is—I I love it—that he is grotesque and demonic for doing these things. That he—that he—that his video—I love it. Uh, he says Mister Beast's blindness video puts a, sem- a, sem- a semestic <laughs> uh, enableism <laughs> on display, systematic enableism on display, because he's sitting there saying, "Yes, it is so awful to cure people of blindness when they want to be cured," and the be- the people are basically saying that. You know he is—he is basically playing god at times. That he is—that he is doing this as inspirational porn. That that he is falling in the trap. That he is—that he is basically—he is—he is deeply entrenched in an ableist mindset. And he—he is—he is this enableism is just perverse as racism and sexism. The kid is curing people that are blind. How can people find shit that's wrong with that? He, he, he's helping people see. He actually went over and helped the people see over in different countries. Now, there are people, like I said, that call him demonic because of the fact that they feel like he's playing God. That he is helping, that he's helping people. That he, he is using, that he's regarding, I love it, because one person said he's regarding disab- disabilities as something that needs to be solved. I think the person that has this dis- disability... And I'm not saying I'm not talking for everyone that has disabilities, but I think certain people that have disabilities probably want that disability to be cured or want to try to have it fixed so they can lead a better life. Not that their life is terrible, but how much better they think to themselves if they could walk, if they could see, if they could do something else. There's something there's something wrong with society when someone does something good and they call it a stunt. And then they talk about the fact that his videos, such as the blindness video, garnered like 30 million views. I, don't, I mean, you get 30 million views, you make a lot of money off that video. And I love it because then he turns around off those videos and donates the proceeds to charity. <laughs> how, do you, how, do you, how do you have criticism in reference to that? He had another video earlier in the March titled, Giving 20,000 Shoes to Kids in Africa. And he explained that for hundreds of thousands of kids in South Africa, the only thing standing between them and an education is a simple pair of shoes. So he went out so he decided to go out and give away shoes because of the fact that yes, you know there's no busing system in Africa. These kids have to walk everywhere. So have you ever tried walking outside with no shoes for an extended period of time? No, because we are blessed to live in a country where you don't have to do that. And then people sit there and say that the video is heavily reinforces colonialist stereotypes about Africa being impoverished and backwards. I it looks just old-fashioned charity tourism from where I'm standing. Some idiot from, I'm not even going to give the person the credit. I'm not even going to give them credit for the idiot that said this. He gave away shoes to kids in Africa that do not not have shoes. And you find something wrong with that. That is what's wrong with society at times. And to sit there and say it's, it's, it's poverty porn because he's doing this and he's profiting off his charities when he already tells you he's not profiting off his charities. 100 of all revenue from Mr. Beast philanthropy goes towards running my food banks and helping ease human suffering. This kid's got food banks. He does all these things. He, I, I, I watch him, you know, just give away money. I, I love the the one with the blindness video where he has this guy read the eye chart, and you know, and the eye chart, the eye chart reads, uh, "I just won a ten thousand dollars," and he gave him ten thousand dollars. But for some reason, we have we as a society or a section of society has to find something wrong for what he's doing and call it demonic (laughs) and call it a stunt. You know, I don't think the people that all of a sudden have the ability to see or can see better, have an idea that it's, it's a stunt. Then a lot of people complain that he, you know, he spends too much money on videos that he had one video when recreating the squid as the Squid Game set, which cost him a reported three point five million. And I think that video got over that video got generated over three hundred eighty eight million views. Now a lot of times his sponsors pick his partners pick up the tap for this stuff, but think about this for a second: How much do you think it costs to produce a single television show? You 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 for one episode for one 40-minute episode, of course you if it's an hour show, 20 minutes commercials, you're you're looking at millions and millions of dollars. It could be anywhere from 10 to 20 to 30 million dollars to produce a single television episode. And they probably get less viewers than what he gets on his shows. He is creating entertainment. He he recreated Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. And I love it because of the fact that it's, it's, up to, it's up to him to do this stuff. He had another video where he opened up a free car dealership and gave away cars. <laughs> then he had another video, which I love because people call them a fake and a phony, that he opened up a bank and gave away money, gave away free money. And and I laugh because of the fact that that he did not really give away money because of the fact that I think there was legal ramifications in reference to giving away actual money, but the people got their you know their, their we'll call we'll call Mr. Beast dollars, and then they got a check later. I had an issue uh, with him. Uh, this was this was a year or two ago, I think it was, and he was he he was smashing PS fives. And this is when they were hard to find, and it turned out he wasn't really smashing PS5s. <laughs> I mean, so it's it's one of these things that we as a society can just we, we when someone does something good, we have to turn around and try to attack them. And, and I, like I said before, I, I think as a time as the generations grow, we're getting dumber and dumber. The IQs just dropped sharply while I was away. And I've only been away for a week. But to sit there and call this kid demonic, the Antichrist, an inspirational porn for doing good in society and trying to help his fellow man because of the fact that he has the ability to do so. And I think certain people just begrudge his success because of the fact that he is successful. He's been doing he's been doing this, like I said, for a long time. He's been doing this since he was 13. He was he dropped at the Eastern Carolina University when he had around thirty thousand subscribers in the fall of two thousand sixteen. He got to, to do YouTube full time. His parents threw him out of his house, but he believed in himself and he and he believed in his four childhood friends that that work with him on the show. That's Chris Chandler, Garrett, and Jake, which I'm sad. Oh, also Carl, which I'm sad that I know all these names, but I do because like I said, I watch him. Have we just become this jaded? Have we have, have we just become this bitter? I mean, I, have we just reached this point that we have to pick on things and pick on people that actually do good in the world? It could be Mr. Beast. It could be anyone. It, 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 but do we really? Have we really? Have we become? Have we become that cynical, or are we just that? not happy with ourselves that we turn around and have to find fault with those who do well and do good and help others. I think we're going to end it on that note today. We're going to talk about some of the bills that New York State's trying to pass about banning gas stoves again and only having electric stoves in new homes, but that's a show for another day. This is Tim. This is Get Off My Lawn, the mad ramblings of the Gen And you know what, guys? I'm out of here.